What Instagram became for me was really, was really my daily vision board. On those Sundays when I was doing those exercises and researching, I would see a picture and then I wouldn't just like, okay, I would see it. I'd be like, okay, I want to go there. But then I would get into this routine of like, oh my God, Maldives. And then I would close my eyes. I'm like, what would it feel like if I was there, you know, and like try to try to hear the water crashing under my underwater bungalow and feel the wind in my hair and like, wow, amazing would it feel. So like I started to do this. And I think with manifestation, um, especially now after all the books that I've read and my daily practice and everything, the one thing that they don't really, no one really pounds into your head, which is absolutely the fuel that goes into the car. I feel like you can have a Ferrari, but if you have no fuel, it's not going anywhere. Right. And the fuel is, is that you actually have to trick your conscious mind into believing you already have this, these things and then feeling the feelings of having them before you have them. When you first come in the game, look how they play. Then you at the top of the world, look how they wait to you. From Marcy to Madison Square, the only thing that mattered was just a matter of years. So. <laughs> It's hard work, pay off, and time is money, but you got the nerve to take a day off. So nigga, what you waiting for, the pussy or the Grammy? Anticipating gold, like anticipating pennies. So, it's your boy Just Prince. It's your boy Vinny hey. Musa. It's your girl Sucky. And we are the Balance Effect Podcast here, promoting business entrepreneurship and highlighting the process, the grind. Today's interview is so, so dope. But before I get into that... um. We're running ads, so I want to run ads before our guy gets here. Today's episode is sponsored by not one, but two, but three sponsors. Today, the first sponsor is RonBrantNor.shop. You know, if you guys are getting that athletic gear, that 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 aesthetic, that fair guard look, definitely tap in with them. Um, our next sponsor is um the Tone Agency, um, helping people with their platform and their Instagram presence, helping them amplify themselves on their social media, their socials to help advance themselves in their career or their respective fields of business. And uh, last but not least, we got hit like a girl by our girl Sookie. She's sponsoring us today, so that um you know if you want to tap right. in with her. <laughs> When it comes into anything like, you know, fitness and stuff like that, but it's also deal with the other side of, you know, uh, that that background when it comes to women empowerment and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's very well branded. So it's happened with wrong brand or um, shop dot shop, the, the tone agency and hit like a girl tapping with them. They're definitely dope people. So, yeah, man. How you guys feeling, man? How you, how you guys feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm a little anxious, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited and anxious because I wanted to go right. Um, So far, this is like probably the biggest guest that we had on the podcast Um, this far. And it had to be on the Zoom. I would have loved it for it to be in person. But, um, you know, right. we got to get what we get. You know what I'm saying? You know what yeah. I mean? But. But Sugi, you good, man? Everything good with you, man? You know, she... <laughs> I'm good. I'm always good. I'm always good. Right? Uh, right, but I'm right, a little right, sleepy. Right. I'm just like you, a little sleepy, a little tired. Listen, listen. Mm-hmm. You know, grind don't stop. We gotta. We, we it don't stop. Right. Man. It doesn't stop, man. You know, we I we gotta some keep coffee. pushing. I'm like, I have some <laughs> Dominican <laughs> coffee. Yeah. That's, you need some coffee. Yeah. If I was a coffee drinker, if I was a coffee drinker, it would be it would be the it would be great. All right. So Gil's here. We're gonna bring him in. And uh, we're going to start this dope-ass podcast. All right, so uh, today's episode is particularly special for me because today's guest lives a life that I want to live. Um, I'm pretty sure that everybody wants to live this guy's life. Right. You know, I was recently traveling in the midst of the pandemic, and like him, I fell in love with the with the country that wasn't my own. It was an experience from 
from there, I said I wanted to like inspire people and be great. You know what I mean? And and that was why, you know, I had previously started the podcast. If you've seen this, uh, like the dope Instagram or, or, or like Skyline of Dubai, uh, if you've seen somebody sailing on the Amalfi Coast or watching the sunset off of the balcony of a penthouse in Marbella or, or staying in a, in a castle in Lisbon, it was uh, probably a post from Luxury World Traveler, probably the, the biggest, uh, if not. Yeah, I think. No, it is the biggest 3.2 million followers on Instagram. The biggest traveling page you see, like dope views. What it is to travel in style uh, and some of the most luxury escapes in the globe. The Balance Effects is glad to present to you the face, the founder and the CEO of Luxury World Travel, Gil Anselin. Clap it up for him. Clap it up for him, guys. Yes. Clap it up for him, guys. I appreciate it, man. Gil, how you feeling today, man? Having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Likewise, likewise. We have a big step in the building. So, Gil, I got to ask you right off the top. Where are you right now? Uh, currently, yeah. that's, that's usually always the question, you know, um, people are always wondering where I'm at. Currently at this moment, I am in uh, Ukraine. I am in Odessa, Ukraine, wow. which is on the Black Sea. Um, wow. So it's, uh, yeah, it's across from Turkey. I don't know if, if you know that part of the world, it's really far from the States, but uh, yeah, <laughs> very far. Amazing, amazing. Is is that a place that you you visit often? Is it like something special about that particular area? Yeah, no, it's not something that I had on my bucket list uh, in the recent years or thought I'd even be at. But um, I met my girlfriend uh, six months ago, and she's from the Ukraine. So ah, okay, okay, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. nice, 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 nice. That's really nice. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, I know. Okay, so okay, you live okay. there now. No, I don't live here. No. Oh, okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, just passing through. I actually live in Marbella, Spain, which is in the southern part of Spain. Yeah. Yep. But I was uh, born and raised in, in uh, California, grew up in nice. Southern California my whole life. And then, um, yeah, during the pandemic, I, I moved to Marbella. And then back in May, this, this happens with me a lot, but back in May, like, oh, I'm going to go on a three-week trip to Dubai and Egypt, and I still haven't been back, so. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Must be Actually, nice. I have been back, but just to show her for, like, a short stint for, like, a week, uh-huh. um, but not permanently, so, yeah. Uh, you live a life, yeah, brother. So. You live a life. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I got to ask you, man, uh, so you already talked about where you grew up, and um, I would have to say, what did you do before World Traveler? That's a good question. Um, so before that, I was self-employed uh, for almost my entire adult life. Like I, I had one job after I got out of college. Uh, I was in the car industry actually for like four or five years through college and then after college. And then from um, that, I made a jump when real estate really took off in the US, like 2002, 2003, made the jump from the car industry to real estate and finance. And then uh, I did that all the way up through end of 2009, 10, uh, through the crash, through all the the ups and downs, you could say. Right. It's so funny you talk about that. I remember, so, you know, at the time I was 18, just getting ready to go to school, you know, you was hearing about it, but you didn't really know how it affected like the adults at that time. So could you just speak a little bit about that? Like, what was that like for you when, when it first hit to when you started saying, okay, I got to rise from out of this? Yeah, that was a really difficult time because the good was great. You know, um, when I made the jump, I found it like very, very, like very easy to make money in that industry because, you know, mortgages were unregulated. So you had people that 
didn't have jobs that could buy $500,000 houses. It was, it was crazy. And uh, there was a lot of money to be made. The banks were, you know, paying out a lot of money per loan and you get paid as a percentage of the loan amount and living in California, you know, the loan amounts are huge. I mean, Uh probably the most expensive in the U S like on average. And so not having to have any kind of license, you know, you can imagine the kind of atmosphere that was created. So all these people that didn't have to have a license per se to get involved, mm-hmm. I only had to pay $1,000 a month to have a branch license of a bigger bank and just got to run my own office. And so I brought a lot of people over from the sales, uh, from the car industry that were great salesmen. And we were just like, we called it dial in for dollars. Like have you ever seen Boiler Room, we just a whole room of guys just dialing, you know, just on the phones because with no experience, you could make 10, 12, $15,000 a month. Just, you know, Jesus. refinance it. Yeah, it was, it was looking back, I understand why the, mor- the mortgage, uh, the, the market crashed because mm-hmm. people were just getting loans left and right. I mean, it was easier to get a, it was easier to buy a house than it was to get a car loan. Mm-hmm. That, so, wow, wow. What was, what was that movie that came out about that whole time period? Was it The Great? short or something like that yeah the big short yeah the big short yeah yeah, yeah. I, you know so when you watch movies like that are you like wow like that's exactly what it was like or do you feel like it's like nah this <laughs> this cat little cat no i mean they did show like there's a one point uh part in that movie where they went to florida and they were talking to the mortgage guys and they're like how easy it for someone to get a home and they were talking to people that were getting like two three four home loans right um, so it was just like that. It was like that. So we did really, really well. Um, getting back to your original question, we did really did great, you know, but it was, it was difficult because I came, um, from a family that never really had a lot of money. So if you give a young 24 year old, like gobs of money, right. And with no fiscal responsibility, like we made a lot of money, but we spent a lot of money on stupid stuff. Um, and then yeah. when, when the rug got pulled out uh, from underneath us in 2008, 2009, uh, I had a ton of overhead. I was in the process of uh, buying and selling foreclosure homes. So I had like six houses in escrow and a huge office, a big staff, a big payroll. And then all of a sudden, like all of the money that you have expected to come in, like it went away in 60 days, all of it. And there was like, no, it went from, printing money to making zero money in like 60 days. So it was very, very difficult. And then you saw the after effects. So many people lost their homes. You, I mean, you were young, but I know you probably saw like the whole real estate market crashed, right? And just the whole thing yes. was good. nothing. And like it put the entire world into a depression. So, I mean, it was very, very mm. impactful. And for me, I went from feeling like I was on top of the world to, uh, being broken and having to deal with the aftermath for, for two years. Cause it wasn't just like it went away. You know, I had leases, I had computers leased. I had equipment leased. I had an office lease. I had my home mortgage, my cars, everything was, you know, like nothing was paid off. It was all in finance. So uh, as you can imagine, it didn't take long for me to burn through everything I had saved. And then it just, yeah, it was, it was not something I'd ever want to relive. <laughs> that was intense. Like I, I, I couldn't imagine that. I mean, I was 20 at the time, but, um, but yeah, I, yeah, that was crazy. So you hit basically hit rock bottom, right? What was, how were you able to bounce back? Uh, yeah, what was, I mean, what was, what was that, 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 that spark that started world luxury tower? Uh, that's a, even a better question. So 
you know, it took me about two years to get through all the lawsuits and I mean, all the other stuff, the foreclosures and like, just, it wasn't like you just go to zero, right? Like if I went to zero, it'd been great. I was like, I went to negative. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I went below zero. Like uh, zero would have been great if I would have just hit that. But um, <laughs> oh, I went way me. beyond that, you know, because imagine now having all your income gone, broke up with my fiance, lost my house, lost the cars. And then being in lawsuits. So then that's when the lawsuit started. Mm. And then you can't just be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to show up to court or yeah, no, I'm good. Like you, <laughs> you're being subpoenaed, <laughs> you're, you know, you're getting served papers. And if you don't show up, you lose by default. So that was, was another two years of just craziness. And um, so then I had to like rebuild myself and I, I tried to figure out what I was going to do. I really didn't want to go back to the car industry. I bounced around. I did some like different sales jobs. I worked for a chemical company in sales. I did real estate on the side. I was, you know, really just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And uh, in the midst of all of that is when I had a spiritual advisor, still do. And uh, he saw everything I was going through. He went through something similar back in the late 80s, like 20 years prior to that. So he had already seen this happen because this already happened. The real estate market crashed. Then too, um, you know, the economy's crashed a bunch and then 2000s with the tech boom and crash. So he was like, yeah, I know this is the worst time of your life, but you'll actually look back at this and this will be the best time of your life. And I'm like, yeah, I thought he was crazy. I'm like, how does this be the best time of life? So he, he <laughs> asked me to, in the midst of all of this, organize, organize a trip to Africa, a mission trip um, to go to Africa uh, in the midst of all this and you know raise money for those that didn't have anything and that was even a really tough process for me too because i'm like wait when you're in that situation you feel bad for yourself we've all been there right like why me oh poor me and so i'm like well, how am i going to go to the other side of the world and help people when i'm like going through it right like really going through it um but he's like no no do it so Long story short, I started working on this. My brother-in-law played in the NFL at that time. I ran the idea by him because I couldn't afford to go. And then uh, he was playing for the Jets. And um, then the Johnson family that owns the Jets got word that we were doing this. Then all of a sudden, like, they asked the players. And before you knew it, within literally from the time I asked him, I think, to the time, like, a month later, we had raised like a quarter of a million dollars and like the Johnson Johnson family was in on it. The Jets were in it. They, the NFL heard about it. They sent a, a, a video team. And, you know, then four months later off we were and to Africa and uh, it was, you know, looking back, it was the best time of my life because I went over there thinking, you know, like my life back home sucks. I'm losing everything. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was really, I thought I had hit bottom if there was a bottom. And then when I got there, you know, I thought, oh, I was going there and we'd raise all this money and we were going to actually help people. But uh, they ended up, and that experience actually ended up helping and changing me more than I could, any of the money that we raised for them. Because I really got to see, you know, how blessed I was growing up in the uh, United States and more, more importantly in Southern California, where it's like an abundant there's an abundance of opportunities, right? People always make excuses why they can't make money or where they, they can't do this or that. And they blame everything else. But when you are in that situation and, and you really see another place 
where they don't even have like a direct translation for the word opportunity, then it really shifts your paradigm. And it really makes you see the world a different way, you know, because mm. no matter how positive they think, you know, how many books they read about, you know, think and grow rich or the power of positivity and stuff. Like I'm at orphanages in some of the poorest countries in the world. And like, doesn't matter what happens. Like they're, they could do all of that and they're never going to have an opportunity to uh, wow. come out of poverty or even, you know, that's like their life. Right. Uh, unless someone like Angelina Jolie or Oprah comes in and adopts one of them. But for the most part, like that's just who they're going to be their whole life. So uh, I went there and we went to an orphanage one day and um, the children had prepared this like, uh, never forget it. They prepared this, this really, really cool um, uh, musical presentation. And the boys played these traditional African uh, instruments and the girls danced. And we went into this room, you know, and uh, like it was an explosion of music, an explosion of like just energy, right? And these are orphans and one of the poorest countries in the world. And they were so happy. And it was that day I learned the difference between the word happiness and joy. Because uh, wow. ha happiness is, is temporary, but joy comes from, you know, inside. And it's, it's something that... Uh, you can exude even if you don't have anything. And uh, I saw in the midst of this, the uh, children that were happier and had more joy in their life than all the people I'd ever met in the United States that had everything and yet had nothing. Um, so it was in that moment that I just was like, okay, I'm not going to feel, I, 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 was, I felt guilty for feeling sorry for myself. And I decided that um, whatever I did in the future, um, I wanted it to be based around two things. One, paying it forward because, you know, to be able to be in the midst of doing that and be able to help those that can't do anything for you is such a powerful feeling. You know, when you really help someone that can absolutely do zero for you and you expect nothing, nothing in return, uh, it's, it's life-changing. And then two, I knew I wanted to be in travel because there's no way I could have had an experience like that had I not left the United States. You know, and 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 really gone to like third and fourth fourth world conditions where it helped me to um, you know shift my entire view on life. And it, I feel like you know in the United States, once people are past like the age twenty five, it's almost impossible, even for your parents, uh, your best friends, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, to get you to see the world a different way through a different lens. Right? Yeah. It's like it's almost near impossible. But uh, traveling um, to the other side of the world did that, just that for me. And so because it was so um, such a powerful experience for me and set, set me in such a new direction, I wanted to like be able to um, do that for the rest of my life, but also inspire other people to travel and get outside of their comfort zone because it's just such a powerful experience. And it was for me, it was like life altering. So. That was intense. I, I like it. <laughs> I love it. I love <laughs> it. I love the part about joy. It's like a movie. Right, like right. The, between, the difference between joy and happiness. I, I like I like that the way you define it. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Yeah. That was, that was, that was great. I'll use feel it and free. tag you. <laughs> yeah, no, feel free. It's, uh, you know, so it, but again, it, I would have known the difference had I not experienced it or, mm -hmm. or been in the presence of it. And I still, to this day, can remember the smile on one of these little girls' face in the front row and the way she was moving and just like, 
so sweet. I was just, I didn't mention this part, but there were seven grown men that we put on the trip to come over there. Like in the midst of that performance, we were all crying. Like just, you know, it just brings you to zero. It brings like all ego goes out the window. You're just like a human at that point, right? Have a real- That's amazing. That's amazing. What part of Africa were you, where, where did you travel to? So we went to Eastern Africa. We did uh, Kenya, Uganda, and then we did Burundi, which is actually still to this day the poorest country in, in the entire world. So we 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 were out there. It was uh, it was it was a really cool experience. I'm glad I went. I'm definitely glad he convinced me to go, and I'm glad that I went. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, and he was right. It was the best time of my life. It really set me on a new path. So I yeah. have that thing for it. Okay, 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 okay. So from this, you know, sparks luxury world traveler, right? So that's that's what that's the meat of it, right? What 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 is it? What 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 is it? Is it a digital marketing company? What 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 was in the inspiration behind this? Well, obviously yeah. we know now, but yeah, no. So um, I have a son. Um, mm-hmm. He's twenty years old now. And uh, when I came back, like I said, I wanted to do travel, you know, and I'd always. I had traveled before I'd love to travel, but now it was like superpower. So every year, me and my family, we get together for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, and we were at my sister's house and I walked in the room one Christmas morning and my son, and then I have two nephews, they're all the same age, sitting on the couch, on their phones, giggling, laughing, you know, looking back at it for, I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're on Instagram. And this is like 2012, like Instagram, what the, it was December, 2012. I'm like, what the heck is Instagram? Never heard of it. Wow. Long story short, they're like, oh, you know, it's pictures and filters. And that's, you. that's all it was. Um, pictures and filters, dad. Great. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, you share it with your friends. You know, it's an app. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, it's like Facebook then. And I'll never forget. My son looked up at me and goes, Dad, Facebook's for old people. (laughs) (laughs) I was 33 at the time. I'm like, what? Facebook's for old people. Oh, hell no. So I grabbed the phone. What is this Instagram? And um, the first thing I grabbed, I don't know if you remember or if you guys were even on Instagram in 2012, but uh, the popular page was nine photos. That's it. If you Mm -hmm. made popular page, the whole world saw your post. and it just so happens that one of the posts was of the Maldives. And at that point in time, I didn't even know. I'd never heard of the Maldives. I didn't know where they're at. I knew of Bora Bora and Fiji, but like Maldives. Is that? So I grabbed it and it was like a, it was a page kind of like mine. It was just travel inspiration. And I just started scrolling before I knew it was on there for an hour. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, at that point in time, everyone on Facebook was like checking into coffee houses and telling you when they went to work out. And like, you know, it was like all that dumb stuff that no one does anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> this is way better you don't have to like you know, every time my sister goes to the gym or, you, you know that in there like <laughs> people were checking in everything right like who cares i remember that too yeah i remember right? that like no one so cares. funny just so, yeah. <laughs> so then yeah i i, I saw the 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 platform i fell in love with it i go for a travel guy like me this is perfect and then I just decided that I would I would start something based on my travels and you know as and and also like an inspirational thing for me. So I called it Luxury Old Traveler because I love to travel and, and luxury. And uh, I started at the beginning. I started posting my own stuff, but I'm not a professional photographer or video guy or nothing. I just posted my own stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, I need to post something that's better. So then I decided, okay, I'll I'll change the, my 
you know, switch it up. I'll, I'll pick a different destination every week and it'll get, it'll be like a project for me. So like every week on Sunday nights for six hours for like four years, five years straight, I would be at home. I wouldn't go out and I would research a destination and then I'd find all the best media I could about it. And then I would plan out that week's posts. And I was doing like six to eight a week or a day, six to eight posts a day, because back then you could hit wow. the page every two and a half hours. And if you did, you would gain like 15 to 25,000 followers in that day. So, you know, it was almost like, Hey, can I get there? So I did that. And the page started to grow and grow. And in, um, I still was like working other jobs. Right. But all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I got 10,000 followers. I'm like, I had 25,000 followers and it started to grow. And then, you know, once I got to like 50,000 people like, wow, you really have something here. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I do. And then I got my first hotel invite. And that really changed the way that I looked at Instagram. Cause this is like 2014 ish. Yeah. 2014. So it wasn't still mainstream. I think it maybe had like 50, 60 million, you know, users worldwide, but I saw an opportunity. And when the hotel started to reach out to me and offer me free stays and people started to send me emails and be like, Hey, we'll pay you to post like the light bulb went off. Right. I'm like, wow, this is, this could be something. And then Facebook bought Instagram. And that's when I decided to go all in because I'm like, Facebook's not going anywhere. And Zuckerberg seems like he's a pretty smart guy. So so once they bought it, I'm like, it won't be a fad, especially if they paid a billion dollars for it. And uh, Mm -hmm. then I just, you know, continued to, and that's kind of when I made the the idea to like pursue Instagram as a career, which I didn't really go over well with my family and close friends because they thought everyone thought I was crazy my mom cried she said you have a son are you gonna pay the rent (laughs) (laughs) I need health insurance (laughs) the most successful people that's how it happens that's what always so that's that's how it started you know that's the story yeah Right. Okay. So now, so you become like a a a travel influencer from from just taking these pictures, these great pictures. I mean, that's how I caught you. That's how you got my attention. I'm not gonna lie, you got my attention. It was the Maldives, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. it gets a lot of people's attention. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 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 That talk. Yeah. That's 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 crazy. So in an interview, I so basically, obviously, I did research. I'm not gonna lie here. There's some research. (laughs) I I saw I saw an interview. Um, and you talked about a lot about like your influences. And one thing that stood out to me because I read the book as well was a secret, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want to know how big is manifestation in your life at this present point? Oh, now like in the last year, like it it always was. Mm -hmm. I believed in the secret. Oh, here's my two cents on it, right? Because now. It's like everything for me, but here's my two cents. So I had seen the secret. I, you know, I knew the principles of it. And I think a lot of people by now have heard it, right? You think you grow rich, you, you focus on things you want, you can manifest it. But uh, Instagram really became my uh, vision board. I actually have a vision board that I posted in the midst of all the craziness in 2009. It's still on my Facebook And my vision board was all travel. It was private jets. It was yachts. It was private islands. It was villas. It was just like something when you have nothing that just seems like asinine, right? It just, it's completely impossible. And so your, your conscious mind goes, yeah, right. But 
The great thing is, is that the conscious mind only has 1% of the power and 99% of the power is in the subconscious mind. So what Instagram became for me was really, was really my daily vision board on those Sundays when I was doing those exercises and researching, I would see a picture and then I wouldn't just like, okay, I would see it. I'm like, okay, I want to go there. But then I would get into this routine of like, oh my God, Maldives. And then I would close my eyes and be like, what would it feel like if I was there? You know, and like try to try to hear the water crashing under my underwater bungalow and feel the wind in my hair and like, wow, amazing would it feel? So like I started to do this. And I think with manifestation, um, especially now after all the books that I've read and my daily practice and everything, the one thing that they don't really, no one really pounds into your head, which is absolutely the fuel that goes into the car. I feel like you can have a Ferrari, but if you have no fuel, it's not going anywhere, right? And the fuel is, is that you actually have to trick your conscious mind into believing you already have this, these things and then feeling the feelings of having them before you have them. Because you can say, oh my God, you know, like I want a million dollars. Oh my God, I want to travel the world or oh my God, da, da. but your conscious mind has no power. So as soon as that thought's gone, it's done. But when you feel the feelings of having things that you don't have, that's when you activate subconscious mind. And then subconscious mind has the ability to tap into the infinite. And that's when things start to happen on your behalf that you don't even know. And I'm like mm -hmm. a perfect, perfect case study because I had no background in social media. Influencer wasn't a term. I wasn't a photographer, wasn't a videographer and didn't graduate with a degree in marketing, graduated a degree in finance. But by doing this practice and having that like daily online vision board with Instagram, the universe started to work on my behalf behind the scenes. And it wasn't a direct result of my actions, right? It was because I was having these subconscious, these thoughts and these feelings, these like really emotion field feelings, things started to happen. And before you know, I was manifesting my own dream job, not even knowing it, even though I knew the power of the secret and all nice. that stuff. So I think that's what a lot of people don't get. It's like, yes, thoughts, you know, the book Think and Grow Rich is great, but it should be like, think and feel and then grow rich, right? Like, and it's hard for people to, to do that because you feel like you're lying to yourself. If you don't have it, it's, it feels like a lie, but- I, that's where the real power comes from. So yeah. And then fast forward to now, like I have a daily meditation routine and like I have an entire exercise that I flow through. I've recorded my own stuff and I have, you know, have it to like 432 Hertz. And so it's a big part of, you know, who I am and what I do. And like, I'd love to share that part of it because uh, I think it's, you know, you hear so many gurus talk about it, but no one really gets into like how to make it like really start to happen for yourself. So that's the next question. Um, for those who don't really understand that, how do you sort of hypnotize your subconscious to feel it? Is it something that it's a repetitive thing? You know, like what, what, what did you say you would do other than just like looking at a vision board or like, how did you get emotionally invested into it? It's, you know, just like anything else in life, it's, you have to practice, right? You can't just meditate once and have positive feelings and feel like the world's going to change because it's, it won't. <laughs> I mean, right. We've all, we've all said, Hey, I want to win the lottery, but you know, right. <laughs> you no, know no, or I, I want to, I want a Mercedes or I want a jet. Or I want to, you know, all this stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a practice, 
you know, and it's repetition. And just like anything, your mind is a muscle, just like right. anything. And the, and the problem is, is like, there's a sidebar, but the educational system is set up in such a way that you never really activate this, right? We're not ever, we're not, we don't really learn. Uh, we don't, we're not taught how to think in the United States educational system. We're taught how to memorize facts that won't ever account to anything for us. And so if you think that's what learning is and that's all you do your whole life, then you never really get into where the power is. And again, it's set up that way. So you don't get into that. Um, you spend your whole life memorizing facts in your conscious mind that can never really do anything for you. Now, yes, you can go to college and you can get a master's and you can, you know, there's that, but what is that? 0.00001% to become a CEO or a hedge fund manager. I mean, like realistically, that's not what's going to happen. You're not trained, you're not, you know, um, trained to follow your bliss and follow what you really want to do. And then teach your mind how to help you accomplish that goal. And so, you know, that's, that's the difference. It's just repetition. And it's also, I feel like um, the one thing that really stops people from doing this, and this is again, because we're not taught how to do this is like to have a very, 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 very disciplined mind and a disciplined life, right? If you look at the people that are the best at anything in the world, they're disciplined at their craft and they're the best at it. That's why they are rich and famous. It doesn't matter who they are. Like if, if, if they've done that, they've trained their mind, you know, and they were disciplined enough to do that. I mean, look at someone like Michael Jordan, right? Like, yes, he, he was very talented and yes, he was, you know, he had a gift, but look how disciplined he was in everything that he did. You know, people like Kobe Bryant, that moment mentality, they're so disciplined to their craft that like, that's why they succeed. And I think it's really hard for people to have any kind of discipline in their daily life, you know, and that when I, when I work with uh, the people that come to me for this information, I'm like, you have to baby steps again, you know, you can't go zero to 100. So every day accomplish one thing and be disciplined to accomplish just one little thing, not something big. Don't try to sprint you know, work your way up. I want to do this. Okay. And then day two, a little bit more and then a more, and then, you know, it's gotta be like a steady incline. And, uh, I think once you do that, then you can discipline yourself to, you know, meditate, to feel the feelings, to really activate your subconscious. And then once that starts to happen, um, that's where the real power comes from. And then that's when you can, you know, accelerate and do things in a short amount of time that to the conscious mind seems uh, real crazy, but Yes, that's one of the reasons why um, I left my job, man. I, I, it wasn't my call, and I was a New York City public school teacher, so you know how that works. <laughs> you know how that works. You know, yeah, so I, it was all about manifestation and just believing in what you wanted to do. Um, that's the reason why I started the podcast. So definitely, again, thank you, Gil. Um, so uh, now, at uh, Luxury World Traveler, you, you have this new um, course coming up. So I wanted you to kind of highlight that we discussed it prior to getting on here. It's a business to business course where you um you're kind of launching to help travel entities run their social media, Instagram in particularly, um, correctively, efficiently, and successfully. So yeah. uh, let's talk about that. So now my passion really is to travel and inspire other people to travel. Anything within the travel sphere, I love. You know, and like I, I came from the cutthroat real estate industry in Southern California, where like mm-hmm. nobody helps anyone, and people feel like if he's winning, I'm losing. I mean, that's a lot of the US, New York, same thing, you know, right. New York state of mind, like they win, I lose. Right. And everyone's on the hustle and everyone's grinding. Um, and that's not really 
how it is, but in the travel world, like it's like a big family. It's a big community. If you're a traveler, then you like, it's like almost like a big worldwide family. If you're one of those people that love to internationally travel and you have, um, because you all have that in common and like travel is one of, is really one of the only things in the world that transcends race, gender, political views, gay, lesbian, I don't care, like all these things that divide us as a society, travel is one of the things that actually brings us together. Cause it doesn't matter if you're Muslim or straight or gay or black or Mexican or Asian or woman or guy, Republican, Democrat, like everyone loves a beautiful sunset in the Maldives, right? Like everyone loves, yes. love to be on a yacht. Everyone right now. Be, right? There you go. Feel, feel the feelings. There you go. That's that's step one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like we all, I mean, it's, it's like one of those things like sports. It like really transcends everything. And like you leave all of that at the door and it's about like the 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 art of going and experiencing and immersing. And so I have a passion for that. Um, I have two courses. One, I teach people how to use the power of Instagram, like myself, to grow travel theme pages and and really uh, then be able to, you know, start their own brand and business, earn income, and then also travel to like some of the world's, you know, most luxurious places for, for free and then eventually get paid for it. So I've been doing that for eight years. I've had a mentorship program that I've run. Like my students have traveled to over 450 of the world's top resorts on their own, um, which is like probably the thing I'm the proudest of. And then I created a course to like expand that to the masses because I can only, you know, take on so many people a year. And then secondarily, the one I'm, I'm just getting ready to launch this week actually um, is the one for the hotels because I don't know, if you've experienced this yourself, but like the hospitality industry is very old and antiquated, antiquated, sorry. Right. And so there's, you know, me personally, having been around the world and seen all these places, so many of these, uh, especially in the luxury sector, so many of these hotels, resorts are gorgeous and they're amazing. And then these like, phenomenal destinations. But the problem is you go to their Instagram page and you're like, what? You know, it's like if so, it's like if you got catfished, if someone, you know, <laughs> someone's like, hey, I got a Ferrari, it take you out on a date. And then they show up, you know, in a Honda, you're like, wait, like there's a, a Prius connect here, right? Like, that ain't a Ferrari. <laughs> so that's that's the problem, is that um they have a really big issue in in the fact that like they have amazing properties. They're in phenomenal destinations, but their Instagram does not reflect is not reflective of what they are, and they don't know how to run it, and they're they're not up with the times. And most of the people that run their marketing and PR uh, graduated college and started working in the industry before social media was even a term. You know, so the only people that are really experts in social media now is the younger generations, the millennials right. and younger. It's not it's not the people that hold these jobs that are fifties, sixties, forties. I mean, they don't you know. They don't know how to use Instagram. So, mm -hmm. but the thing is, is that like, it's needed, right? It's needed. Travel became the number one talked about subject on all social medias combined during the pandemic. It was always number two to yeah. fashion and beauty, but now it's number one because everyone's been stuck at home and everyone wants to go places and we're all done with quarantine and, you know, like <laughs> masks and the bullshit, like we're all done with it. Right. Yeah. And again, it's universal, but uh the travel industry never really invested into social, but then the only great thing that happened in our industry during the pandemic was that now they finally realized the importance of it. 
right? Because if you want to put out a message to the world that you're open and you have 5,000 Instagram followers and, you know, 200 Facebook followers, like you're not going anywhere. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and secondarily, it's like how many people actually go on websites now for travel inspiration? Nobody. You're on the gram. You're on TikTok. You're, you know, like Instagram is something cool. You're like, Oh, you save it or you research it. You're not like, no one goes on travel websites. No one goes on hotel websites. You know, like it just doesn't happen. Like then it never will again. So I'm sure I created a course to teach them how to run their Instagrams properly because they need it. One and two, um, they finally realize they need it. And so, because travel is so you know so visual. Uh, I want to really help them to understand how to do this so that uh, they can use that as part of their, you know, marketing going forward and coming out of the pandemic, learn how to reach an audience and, and not just post empty room photos, right? Like no, <laughs> that doesn't inspire any emotion. If you see an internal photo of like a generic room, right? A bed, a couch, a desk and, a, and an old TV, like that's not going to get someone to book your hotel. So yeah, I just, I'm just getting ready to launch that course and uh, it's very niche, but within my sector it's, it's needed and uh, you know, they don't know what they're doing. So I'm hoping it can help the industry as a whole. That's awesome. Gil, I wanted to ask for the guys, (laughs) we're going to continue talking. Um, Back to your Instagram. I love, 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 love your Instagram. I'm obsessed with it. Um, I don't know if you said it because you were talking about the creative process of building your Instagram. Did you, you obviously have a photographer, right? And do you, do you have somebody posting for you now? Because if you're at this level with your Instagram. Yeah. So when I started, when I started, I didn't have a digital camera, right? I didn't (laughs) like back then. And and I'm okay. I'm 44, right? But back then when I started, I think I was still using the Kodak disposable. Remember the ones you have to drop off mm-hmm. at like CBS? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's, like a, that's nasty. Click. That's nasty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't have a great camera back then. But again, in 2012, if you wanted to take a great photo, like the cameras were like $10,000. Like now they're cheaper, right? Mm-hmm. And then now all you need is an iPhone to do it what I do honestly like yeah for Instagram TikTok you don't need an expensive camera you don't need a 4k video camera you need an iPhone 10 or, or better or a Samsung Galaxy whatever or better and you're good because you know the whole Instagram really changed the way that we perceive media right now everything's shot in vertical nothing short horizontal right like no one puts horizontal pictures on Instagram everything's vertical <laughs> It goes because it goes on TikTok, it goes on Snapchat, it goes on Instagram. It gets yeah. repurposed. Like that's why YouTube came out with shorts and it's all vertical. Like we're never going back to the horizontal thing. This, this is done. So <clears throat> I taught myself how to take really good photos and edit them on YouTube. So then oh, I, wow. I started, but then yeah, we hired film crews and photographers. And when we would go, and at least in the very beginning. When we would go, I would bring people with us to do the photo shoots. Um, I just did a tourism uh, board campaign with the country of Spain and the Canary Islands. Uh, we bring, you know, professional drone pilots and videographers to capture us when we're there. But uh, yeah, I had to teach myself at the beginning. And, and now really, honestly, unless you're doing like a campaign for someone that's going to be using their videos like on TV commercials or you know, um, uh, if it's for website purposes or for like marketing purposes at trade shows, 
everything can can really almost be done with a drone and an iPhone. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Just put me in your suitcase next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I also want to ask, you know, in 2020, when the world is well, basically slow. I mean, 20. What? What? What year are we in, Steve? The we pandemic has lost a year. <laughs> yeah, we lost a year. Twenty twenty one. Well, the world is slowly, you know, getting back to normal with business and stuff like that. What are the top three countries that you recommend? That's like, you know, luxury, food, scenery, everything. Your top three places to travel. These are always such tough questions for me. Italy. Italy's special um, because you can have everything in Italy. Italy has uh, in the very, very north. Um, a lot of Americans don't know this because we don't know geography. We're not taught it, but you really don't need it unless you travel. Um, the north of Italy borders France, uh, Switzerland, and Austria, and it's the Alps, right? And they run through all of that. Northern Italy has Alps that are just as beautiful as like the Swiss Alps and the French Alps and the Austrian Alps. It's gorgeous. It's called the Dolomites. I'm actually going to probably be heading there in a couple of weeks. It's insane. And then you have both coasts. So you have two different coastlines, right? On the backside, you have the Adriatic Sea that faces Croatia, is beautiful and on the other side you have the mediterranean which is where you find like portofino and then down to the amalfi positano and sorrento and then capri which is just phenomenal <clears throat> in the middle you have tuscany and the wine region which is just absolutely incredible and then you have the history right you have the Colosseum, you have rome you have uh, all the basilicas, you have the leaning towers, you, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <clears throat> Michelangelo and, you know, whatnot. You know, there's just so much artwork and, and history and, 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 and buildings. And, you know, so you have like all of it. And then with the islands of Sicily and Sardinia and that part where the, you know, if Italy's a, a boot where the toe is, it's some of the prettiest water in the world. It's like the, it's like the Caribbean, right? It's like the Bahamas or Turks and Caicos. It's, it's insane. So Italy won. And then the food, I mean, enough said. Like, right. <laughs> um, all things being equal. I love Italy. Also, you know, if you do it right, I also love Mexico because Mexico for the culture and the food, you know, Mexican food is like so good. And, and so both, good. Coasts, both coasts have different styles of food. That's what's great. You know, like Mexicans being a little biased guys. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not Mexican. talking Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking like Taco Bell and you know like oh taco type stuff. I'm talking like real Mexican uh, food. <clears throat> love it. And so, but then I also think like the culture, like Mexico has, you know, it's it's blessed to be in the Caribbean. So you have like the Cancun, Playa del Carmen, Tulum, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. some of the nicest beaches in the world, but then you also have the, the history of the Mayans, you know, so you can go see like temples and the pyramids, which is awesome. And then on the Pacific coast, it's completely different. You know, some of my favorite places like Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Vallarta, Ixtapa, Zihuatanejo, um, Costa Creas, is, it's a different type of beauty, but it's tro so tropical. Um, and then the food and everything. So I love Mexico, I love Italy. And then I think if you can make it there, um, one of the places that I think is a must see, especially before global warming makes it disappear is the, the Maldives are pretty special as well. Mm -hmm. They're just, uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're so remote and they're so pristine and I've never seen anything like it in my, in my 
in my life because there's you know over 700 islands but then they have just as many atolls which are like the sandbars that are sunken beneath the waters so when you fly in you just see hundreds of them it's it's crazy and then you know it's some of the best water in the world some of the best beaches in the world and, and you're remote and you know if you're on a honeymoon or you know celebrating an anniversary <clears throat> it's definitely somewhere you go with uh, a loved one this is the this is a little asterisk <laughs> don't ever go there single because uh <laughs> you'll be depressed <laughs> because everyone's coupled up and there's no <laughs> people don't tell you about the maldives is that each island is just one resort it's not like in bora bora or fiji or thailand you know or bali where there's like tons of different uh, options so each island you can probably walk around it in be the, you know, the entire island in between like 10 to 20 minutes, the biggest one. So it's just the resort and that's it. There's no bars, there's no nightlife, you know, that's it, right? So you don't want to go there single because everyone's a couple. Um, right. <laughs> that's probably, that's probably, probably everyone's, like one everyone's top places to go to. That's amazing. Um, I also wanted to ask you, how do you define entrepreneurship? Oh, wow. That's a whole podcast on its own. <laughs> sure. Having the having the ability to believe in yourself and then really, you know, have the discipline and the perseverance to go after your dreams. And uh, I think so many people allow fear to stop them from doing that. Again, um, you know, it's entrepreneurship is, is a very tough, sometimes very, very lonely road. Right. Very lonely. It's it's you know that that poem the poem by Robert Frost, uh, two roads divided. Uh, one is the one that everyone takes, and you can take that road, uh, which is not entrepreneurship, or you can take the one less traveled. Less traveled. The poem ends with the one less. I took the one less traveled, and it's made the entire difference. Right, like it's it's completely different. Um, and just really having the belief system and like to know that you can do it. Because again, if you go back to any like successful entrepreneur and you ask them their story, when they made the decision to go after whatever it was, I always tell everyone, ask them what their circle of influence said to them. Ask them what their mom said, their brother, their, their best friends, whatever. And what you'll almost always find is that every one of the people around them, even the closest, the people that are supposed to be your partner, will tell them not to do it because that's their fear also that they're, that they're actually projecting onto the person that's going after it. But one of my mentors always said, you know, consider the source. Are you really gonna take advice from someone that hasn't done it and been successful um, to, on something that you're gonna wanna do? And no, you never want to. You wanna take the advice of people that have actually done it, you know? And just having the courage to go after your dream and not letting anything around you affect it, um, I feel like is the very embodiment of entrepreneurship because it's a very tough decision and fear is gonna try to make you not do it. People around you are gonna try to make you not do it. So, you know, that's why I have a lot of respect for any entrepreneur because that first step is the hardest. Really no, that's, oh, yeah, that's this, a great this is definitely my favorite Thanksgiving ever. I know, Sarah, you have no idea. I don't wanna like, go into all that but it's so inspiring just to hear your story and all the things that you've been saying like I can relate to it not with the travel side I've traveled but like other things like life in general I can relate so much so you have no idea you literally made my whole day my week my month my year 
And it's just, it's going to, you know, it's going to definitely have me tap in even more. So um, thank you so much for all that. I wanted to ask you also, how does someone, you know, become a travel influencer? But I know you said you have your course out now and stuff like that. If there's anything else you want to add to it. You know, I, I tell everyone that asks this question, I go, life is always about perspective, right? It's the way that you see it. And it's about putting it in perspective. But I, I tell everyone, I say, be blessed that you live, like, look at the timeline of the world, you know, and uh, put your religious stuff to the side. If you think it's 10,000 years old, 20,000, 100,000, a million, whatever, put it all to the side. It's really, we've, we've been here for a long time. The fact that we live in a time right now is so special because prior to 10, 11 years ago, if you wanted to be an entrepreneur, the road was so much harder. Social media has made it so easy for people to be able to have an audience and build a business without having to go get a $150,000, $200,000 loan or have someone spawn. I mean, you know, think about 15 years ago, you want to start your own business, like you have to go get a loan or you have to have six figures. You have to. And look how many kids are running around today, like the Jake Pauls of the world that, you know, literally just have followings and are able to monetize that. It's so, so unique. And so for the travel space, I tell everyone the exact same thing. You could have been a travel fan 20 years ago, but guess what? Unless you went to go work for like Condé Nast or, you know, one of these big travel magazines or, or TV shows, you couldn't pursue your dream. And now social media is great because you can pursue that and really leverage social to build your brand. And so if someone wants to do that, yes, I have a course, there's multiple courses out there, but um, you know, it, it really just comes down to having the discipline to learn how to build a travel following, which it's not hard. There's a science to it, but you can do it. And then being able to like, you know, have the right tools uh, uh, on top of that to help you get there. So what I did in 10 years, obviously there was a learning curve. That's why I uh, created my course because I wanted to teach people how to do that. Right. Um, and it's still not easy. Being an entrepreneur never is, but you know, learning now with the being able to like get an iPhone and create a couple of viral videos and, you know, like you can go on YouTube and learn any craft. Photography is not really that difficult, you know, and so many people that I've trained have created pages like mine, right? They're not a professional photographer or videographer. They've leveraged everyone else's talents that are really good. And they create these themed pages, it's probably the easiest way. And then once they get to a certain point, the hotels start to reach out to them and then they can start to travel and create their own stuff. So, you know, I just feel like it's, we're, we're, we're so blessed to have this because even if with my entire story, if you, if you put this back in like the early eighties or the late seventies, I wouldn't have been able to create my own thing. Right. Unless like I went and got a loan from a bank, but who, who's going to sponsor that? <laughs> Probably yeah. not a lot of banks. Right, so, uh, right. not, especially not when you, your credits in the crapper, you know, you had to go through bankruptcy and you don't have a dollar to your name. Uh, it's hard to get someone to give you money to do that. But with social, you don't <laughs> need, you know, you can start an Instagram account for free, start a TikTok account for free. Right, right, right. All right. That, that's there's a lot of money on Instagram. There's a <laughs> lot of money on Instagram. That's, yeah. that, that is true. That is true. So so um, before we wrap this up, uh, this great uh, inspirational uh, interview with uh, with Gil. Um, so basically, uh, whenever we have a guest, right, Gil, we um we try to make it 
uh, we try to inform them and try to uh, give them an insight about being entrepreneurs. We also try to do a fun side of it, right? So we have something called like a wraparound where you ask your questions, you know, either or, uh, which or which, based on your your business and what you do and what makes sense to your to your people. So you know, I'm gonna have a Suki give you a first five five questions, and then uh, Benny's gonna give you the other five. So it's ten questions, either or, and you got to tell us why. All right. Okay. Well, All right, your cool. first what? Well, uh, wow, I messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> what what is like your travel must haves like your essentials like that you have to bring every time you travel great question drone oh i need to get a drone. drone when you travel you i mean now like the drones change the game so drone um and nice. i think if you go on instagram you'll see why right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's an easy one uh drone stabilizer for your iphone you know nobody wants to see videos of you walking like this we all get sick or if you're in a car so a stabilizer for an iphone it costs 100 bucks now i mean dgi is crazy other travel essentials <laughs> neck pillows for those long flights <laughs> <laughs> well, i can imagine how many hours yeah yeah waterproof speakers because when you're out you know you want to you know, have that stuff think about um that. yeah uh travel uh converters power converters because hey if you've never gone international before you go to plug your your stuff in the wall over there and say, hey <laughs> right, right right yeah yeah power mm-hmm. power banks you know you need power banks and it's that's actually a really good question if you go to our instagram and click our link tree the first thing on there is product we recommend for travel so there's a bunch wow of- oh that's dope awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good to know i like that like that hey, what's the most looking you gotta make money you know like <laughs> yeah no, of course no, you also gotta because i always say this to people i'm like you have to make money off of what you know like it's just right. you know once you get to that certain point i think it's also you're helping other people at the same time you know because right. it's, it's like one of those things that comes up over and over so yes yeah. right right what is the most beautiful luxurious place you've ever been to country <laughs> rolling his eyes <laughs> it's so tough it's so tough. Um, I would say probably the most expensive place I ever stayed at um, was in the Exumas, the Bahamas. You know where the Bahamas are? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the Exumas are a special chain of the Bahamas where it looks like the Maldives. Um, mm. They call it wow. Billionaire's Row because the properties are so expensive. You almost need to be a billionaire to own one of them. And there is an island there. It's called Over Yonder Key. Um, the owner is a billionaire, but... <clears throat> It's sustainable. It's got wind farms and solar. Uh, the house, the main house. If you want to rent the island, I think per night, because um, there's four different villas on it, it's like a 250 to 275,000 a night. Um, it's, it's insane. It's got a golf course, a tennis pavilion. It's, it's an excellent. No, it sounds like a dream. I love it. Um, the best place for cu- couples to travel? Like honeymoon experience type stuff. Or just couples. It could be anything. I don't know. Just Um, one place. Mm -hmm. Yes, one. I'd say go to Italy because there's you have a diversity of stuff. Really? Okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, the Amalfi Coast is one of the most romantic places in the entire planet. So, you ever been to Positano? Um, It's I mean, it's like fairy tale land. So yeah. No, I can imagine. Hotel or Airbnb. Oh, hotel for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Airbnb, no. It's no, like, no. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I'm no. the same. Way. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Sweet penthouse or villa? Villa. 
Villa, 100%. I was going to answer that for you. 100%. (laughs) What? Yeah, no, I love Villas. They're gorgeous. Um, Well, that's it for me. My questions are done. Boo. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I was just asking how you pronounce this next one, but I think you just said it. Malfi Coast or Greek Islands. Is that correct? Amalfi Coast, yes. Which which one would you rather? Which one would you rather? Amalfi Coast or the Greek Islands? Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like this. All the same. I did my research, Gil, so you know that. That's why I asked you this question, because we love both. So I mean, there's there's a lot of Greek islands, but I would probably say, you know, uh, Amalfi. Okay. All right, all right. It's a tough one. Um, Instagram reels or Instagram stories? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, God. Uh, for growth, reels. 500K or dinner with Jay-Z? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the 500K, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I. he's not in my, if he was in, a, if he was like a travel guy, then I'd take a travel guy. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not a rapper and, you know. I don't want to be one of Beyonce's backup dancers, so I'll, I'll try to. Take <laughs> well, you definitely uh, live like you definitely live like them. Well, the the ones that actually live that life yeah. <laughs> in real life. <laughs> Tell us a place you expected uh, very little of, but you had one of the greatest experiences of your life there. I mean, Africa definitely. I I didn't really expect much when I went there, um, but that's different. That's that's one of those places uh, that's different. But I would say this on that note. For anyone looking to like really see the world a different way or feel like they're stuck in a rut, go on an international trip to like a third world country and like volunteer time to help out. It's it's just there's no words unless you do it. You, I mean, it's it's incredible. I would I would say that Belize. Most people in the U.S. Do you guys know where Belize is? Any, yes. Any Central America. Put it out on a map. Yeah, I could. I could. Okay. I think it's one of the one of the best uh, hidden gems especially if you live in the U.S., uh, out there. Because, one, English is the national language. You don't have to speak Spanish. A lot of people don't want to go to Mexico or like Costa Rica or these places. They don't speak Spanish. English. Two, it's just south of Cancun. It's gorgeous on the Caribbean. Um, insane. And then three, you have the jungles, the waterfalls. You have the Mayan ruins, just as many as you have in Mexico. And then um, what most people don't understand is that it has the largest living reef in the world. Now, the Great Barrier mm. Reef in Australia oh. is bigger, but like half of it's bleached out and dying now. So Belize has like 750 islands um, and like an insane reef. It's the best diving and snorkeling I've ever done. There's all these islands you can go out to. There's a place called Thatch Key, which you can go stay in an overwater bungalow for like $250 a night and get that like Jamaican chill, like laid back vibe and then take a boat out and do like crazy snorkeling. It's just like, I didn't have high expectations when I went to Belize and like now I recommend everyone to go. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, so it's a good spot. That's cool. That's dope. Last but not um, least. Mm-hmm. Huh. What are or who are your biggest influences? Definitely moms. My mom was, you know, she didn't have an easy life. And like, I got my perseverance from her, you know, I think the reason why I was able to persevere as like an entrepreneur is because I saw the tough things she had to go through. Mm -hmm. 
my favorite athlete of all time is, is was Kobe. Um, oh, Kobe uh, fan. So, my guy. Uh, my guy. I mean, Kobe I'm fan. born and raised in L.A. And his his uh, wife and my sister graduated together. Um, so we, oh, there's wow. like a long history there. But then just, mm-hmm. again, his discipline, his work ethic, his sacrifice, you know, what he did is just, was it's like so inspirational, right? Whether or not you're a sports fan or not. Um, I just feel like, you know, having the discipline to go the extra mile. And if you, if you're an entrepreneur, that's the other thing too. Like people talk about weekends. The heck is a weekend? weekend. (laughs) I don't know what a weekend is, you know, like office hours, what office hours. (laughs) I'm going to, you guys, you guys, it's, it's six o'clock. I'm going to get off with you. I'm doing my black Friday launch for my course. And through cyber Monday, like I'll, I'll be working for like seven or eight more hours. Right. It's like, it's, it's having that discipline to do the stuff you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, but you do it anyway because you have that long-term, you know, you, you know long-term what it's going to do for you and you know what the benefits are. So I love Kobe because, you know, I feel like he just, when he did, he was so disciplined to his craft, you know, and anyone that's disciplined to their craft like that, I have mad respect for. So he's another, he's another one. And then Anthony Bourdain, God rest his soul. Um, I felt like he had the best job in the world. If you've ever watched any of his episodes, yep. the reservations, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, everyone knows, right, that the best food in the world is grandma's food, right or wrong. I mean, grandma's throw down in the kitchen, right? Everyone's grandma can throw down in the kitchen. And then users, like, everyone has one or two dishes that grandma can make. doesn't matter what restaurant you go to, grandma's food's better. That dude traveled the world. So one, he's traveling, but he's eating everyone's grandma's food. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have a bad meal. Like everywhere he went, he was like, you know, off the beaten path, the places that no one really heard about and like get to experience like authentic food. And like, I just felt like he had such a great job and being able to travel and see the world and then also being able to eat that well while traveling. I mean, oh. Bar none. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good life. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Gil, I appreciate you for coming on with us. It just attests to the person that you are. Um, you said something about paying it forward, and I appreciate you for coming on uh, and sharing your thoughts, your 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 process. Right, uh, we we strive to highlight people like you. I was telling the guys that uh, up up until this point, you're our biggest guest, man. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, seriously, man, I I appreciate you for being on here. Um, if any, if, if, like I said, if anything that, that we can do or, you know, collaborate with, I would love to do it. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just been great. It's been great having you here. It's been very insightful and inspirational. And I'm glad that yeah, you're no, Kobe very, fan. very inspiring. 100% very inspiring to me. Like, oh, <laughs> that's it. That's the great thing about travel. It's, it's very inspirational, you know, like it, it's, it's life changing. That's why I think everyone should get out and do at least one international trip, you know? And then, yeah. and then have that experience. And it's like almost, uh, it's very, it's contagious. It's contagious. Yes. Once you, and you know, the world, that, again, and going back to the thing I said earlier, think about what's such a great time that we live in, right? Like prior to hundred years ago, wherever you lived is where you lived, unless you were really rich. I mean, not yeah. just rich, like you had to be really rich to go to the other side of the planet. Like you couldn't just go to the other side of the planet. You couldn't swipe your credit card in New York and you couldn't go to JFK and be like, 
you know, where do I want to go in the world today? Because from JFK, you can fly anywhere in the world and see it. Right. Mm-hmm. People didn't have a chance to see all the beauty of this planet. You know, they didn't, they never knew if they lived in the mountains, they lived in the mountains, they lived by the ocean, lived by the ocean, lived in the desert, lived in the desert. Nothing else existed. Mm-hmm. You know, what a great time to be alive and swipe your credit card, go anywhere in the world and see like how incredible this planet is. There's so much to see. So I tell people, you know, take advantage of the fact you live now and you can do that. Right. And you can go and have those experiences. It's, it's a blessing. It is a blessing, man. It is a blessing. So this is this is the episode of highlighting Gil Antelene from uh, Luxury World Traveler. Uh, it's your boy, Just Prince. It's your boy, Benny Musa. It's your girl, Sookie. And thank and you again so much. I'm so happy about this interview. <laughs> so yeah. excited. And we are the Balance Effect Podcast. Thank you. I'm feeling your pain. It's part of the hustle. Think with your mind. Do work with your muscle. A beautiful Janet. Poetic justice. Broke nigga, end the discussion. See money talks, you niggas talk 